Hello everyone, welcome to Late Night Football and welcome to a very late night episode. Um, you know, we just thought about doing this. Actually, I've been debating if I wanted to do this this episode or not because I don't want to be too negative about, about Manchester City's win. And so I've been debating, let me not do it, let me not do it. But then this is such an interesting topic to talk about and I really wanted to share my thoughts on that. So you know what I said, fine, let, let's do it. Let's see what happens. So I know a lot of people may not watch it. A lot of people who watch it may not like it. But, I mean, it's an interesting conversation that I've been wanting to have. And and share your thoughts on this, of course. Do let me know what you think about it because it's always good to hear other perspectives. But so what I've been reading and what I've been hearing is that uh, Manchester City's stable win has not garnered the attention that it should have. I mean, it's a historic occasion, uh, achievement for Manchester City fans. I think if I was a Manchester City fan, I wouldn't care that other people are not talking about it. But as someone who's not a fan, as someone who's a little bit jealous about Manchester City, I'll admit that a little bit bitter about the achievement. I'll, I'll admit that. I, and, and as somebody who believes quite firmly that Manchester City's dominance this season and possibly sustained dominance over the coming years, I think is a bad thing um, for football uh, in general, and especially for the Premier League and for Europe. Um, I, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. Now, like I said, it's something that I've been reading, something that I've been hearing. So the, the accuracy is always a little bit skewed. But from my own perspective, what I've noticed, of course, is that the one thing that I always notice is the conversations that happen online, right? And and because you know, I can't go out on the street and talk to people about it. But I see online. So, the, I mean, the, 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 the places that I usually get my news from, I haven't seen a lot of coverage about Manchester City's uh, trouble. There's been, there has been coverage. Um, as you would expect there to be, but it hasn't been significant. It hasn't been the kind of, you know, roaring coverage where you get, um, you know, big, big, big articles. Like it, it's it's not that it hasn't happened. It almost feels like people, um, it's kind of like glossed over. And they kind of say, oh, yeah, they won it. Or oh, this is a fantastic achievement for, for, for Kevin De Bruyne. This is great for this one. And people have seemed to have kind of moved on. This morning, I mean, this, the Champions League final wasn't even trending this morning. Um, and I think it, it wasn't trending last night either. So I think after the final, maybe three, four hours after it stopped trending. Whereas if you look at the FA Cup final, that was trending for a long, long time. That's trending for up to two days. Because I use the hashtags. That was trending for up to two days. The, the, the Europa Conference League final, which happened on Wednesday, I think was also trending quite into Thursday. Because I remember because I did the Declan Rice episode on Thursday and it was still trending. So um, those those were trending. Whereas this, the Champions League final, which is probably the biggest game of the season, at least of the, of the of the club season, that's the biggest game of the season. That wasn't trending for very long. So, I mean, it's I mean again, Twitter trends are not accurate. Um, you know, things like looking up article, articles and stuff, these are not accurate. So I'm not, I'm not saying that the accuracy, I'm just saying this is what I'm reading and hearing. And it makes interesting... And interesting thoughts. But I do believe, um, and I'll give a positive spin first. And I think one of the things is that I think post FA Cup final, I think most people kind of felt it an inevit- inevitability that City were going to do the were going to do the treble. I, I kind of felt like, yeah, okay, they're probably going to do it. Inter Inter gave a very good fight, by the way. They did absolutely fantastically well, and they got much closer than anyone expected them to. Nobody expected a one nil win for Manchester City. They were going three nil, three one, four nil, those kind of score lines. But actually, they, they gave a very good account. They were the better team on the day as well. So they got close, but he always felt there was an inevitability of seeing the doing the treble. And so I think over the last week, from what I've seen, and especially United fans, um, you know, I think most of them were like, "Yeah, it's gonna happen. Let's move on. It's gonna happen. Let's move on." So they've kind of all, uh, almost like it's almost like like it's happened. And so they were like, "I think maybe that's one of the reasons why we were going. Yeah, it's gonna happen now." So let's that you know, and they just kind of moved on. So I think that's a positive spin that I can put is that most people were kind of prepared for it mentally. Um, after the FA Cup final, most people were like prepared for it. So maybe that that it doesn't, you know, when you've already prepared for it, it doesn't hit home at the moment. Um, you know, it's more like, yeah, it's already going to happen. So what do you do after that? I think kind of that like yeah, in the positive spin. The negative side of that, which I think is probably more accurate than the positive side, um, is the fact that just it 
Um, and, and you know, this goes back to Manchester City. This is not Manchester City City fans' fault, by the way. I think you know, City fans should celebrate this moment. They should recognize this achievement for what it is, which is a fantastic achievement for them as fans of the club. Um, but for the club itself, it it never it's never hit home because it doesn't feel. I mean, I've been on on record saying this that I can't seem to like City and I can't seem to hate City either. I just have no emotions when I watch City because City feels so artificial. Whenever I watch Manchester City play, it feels so artificial. It feels so manufactured. And and the reason why it feels that way is because from the inception of Manchester City in 2008, I know City were there for a long, long time. But since Abu Dhabi came into the picture in 2008, which is when Manchester City became Manchester City, really, um, the last 15 years, it's always been a project. It's always been, um, you know, a sort of, uh, uh, um, it's not been a sporting club. It's been more of a, uh, um, and a project is the right word. I'm trying to think of another word, but I think project, you know, it's always been a project, right? It's been a project that this is what, you know, what a, the football club is not the foot, is not about the football. It's about what we're going to do. Um, it's basically an experiment. If you could, it's like an experiment where a, a rich person comes comes to England. He buys a football club that is, by all accounts, it's a middling football club that's going nowhere, that has not achieved any kind of success for a very, very long time. And he kind of says to himself, I'm going to spend a load, loads and loads of money and I'm going to take it to the absolute top of European football. Can I do that? Um, that's what I'm going to find out. And over the course of those 15 years, they spend a lot of money. Now, I know people say, oh, well, other clubs have spent money too. Yes, they have. They have. But we're not like other clubs talking about Manchester City, which was always a project. Manchester United were never a project. They've been a business, which people hate. Um, and they've been other things. They've never been a project. Liverpool have never been a project. Um, Chelsea, I think probably before Bowley were not, I mean, even Chelsea were, were not a project as such. Um, but I mean, under Roman, they probably were a project. So Chelsea were not going to, Arsenal haven't been a project, right? They've never been a project. So City have always been a project. It's always been from 2000, I think probably from 2008, they've always been, we're going to win the Champions League. We're going to win the Champions League. We're going to win the Champions League. It's been that obsession. And it's always been that. And, you know, and so winning the Champions League, to me, it almost felt like, yeah, this is the end of a movie. This is the end of a franchise where they had sequel, sequel, sequel. And finally, you come to the end of, of that 15 years. Um, and, and that's sort of, it's sort of the logical conclusion, not the emotional conclusion. It's a logical conclusion. And logic is never as fun as emotion, is it? When there's emotion attached. Now, there's emotion from City fans, I'm sure. But there's no emotion from, from me because it's it's in its logic, right? You think, okay, we're going to spend enough money. And I said this, by the way, we had Gaurav and Adash last season, season review, when City had you know been knocked out of the Champions League by the one in the league. And I said, it's a matter of when, not if City will win the Champions League. That will come. Uh, we can All we can do is we can keep trolling City for it every year. They don't do it, but it will happen at some point. I didn't think it would happen this year. I thought it would happen next year. But it's happened this year. Um, you know, because that's, that's, that's how my year has been, but uh, it happened, and I think that, that you know, and that's what it was logical, right? It was never emotion, it was logical, and logic doesn't never, ex it never, it never um, gets that sort of emotion out of you. Logic never gets that emotion that that, that it can never for the feeling, but sorry, logic can never get that feeling out of you that emotion can, and so maybe most people that's why there's no there's no real respect for it. Maybe, um, you know, where's the jeopardy, right? There's no jeopardy. I mean, when you think, and let's compare it to, to um, it, it was almost like the Bayern Munich rebel as well. There wasn't you know, the Bayern Munich treble gets a lot of respect because it was a team that played really, really good football. But ultimately, was it really that big of an accomplishment? It was. The first one was. The second one probably wasn't that much of an accomplishment. Um, you look back to the Manchester United 1999 treble, which is what this will be compared with quite a lot, fairly or unfairly. And I can say with, with all honesty, this team is miles better than that 1999 team. Um, it is better in terms of quality. Is it better in terms of, uh, you know, determination, passion, all those intangibles, I'm not sure. Um, would would it be, I mean, you know, those kind of, they're only those kind of comparisons, actually, but because I'm trying to make an analogy and I got distracted. But yes, it's better. 
But in the reality, there's more emotion attached attached with the 1919. The reason why there's more emotion attached with it, well, of course, number one is was the first time that it happened. So it was something that people didn't think was possible up until that point. But also when you look at that journey, it was never a project. So people almost, you know, when Sir Alex took over Manchester United in 1986, they were a mid-table club. Right, they were people always almost seem to think that United were this big behemoth, you know, because they've seen many of the young fans, so many of the fans that were that became fans in the 2000s think of United as a big club, but they weren't always this big, you know, title winning machine. They were actually a mid table club in the 80s, um, that hadn't won, won a league title in decades. Um, and he took over that club and he had to do a lot of rebuilding work. He was almost sacked, by the way. I mean, that, these are things that make him that, that illicit emotion. He was almost sacked, he was one game away from the sack. If you have reports to believe, he somehow turns it around, wins the FA Cup. Then, you know, wins the FA Cup, then wins the Cup Winners' Cup um, against Barcelona. By the way, one of the best Barcelona teams of that, that generation up to that point. He beat them. That team went on to win the Champions League the next year, by the way. Um, then wins the League Cup. Agonizingly misses out in the Premier League. And you think, are they ever going to do it? Then they finally win the Premier League. But they're struggling in Europe. They've been knocked out of team, of absolute non-descript teams in the Champions League and the, and the UEFA Cup. Um, and then they struggle, struggle, struggle. Finally get to that point in Ireland where they win, win the tournament. And... You know, that's that's emotion, right? This 13-year journey of ups and downs, ups and downs that has finally gone there. We look at Manchester City over the last 15 years, the trajectory has always been this way, right? There have been some shocking bottle jobs in the Champions League, of course, but they're bottle jobs. They weren't, um, you know, it wasn't heartbreak or the sense, well, you know... um, uh, you know, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Sh- it was. It was funny. It wasn't. It wasn't emotional. Maybe last season was emotional, um, probably. But otherwise, it was just bottle jobs against teams that they shouldn't really be um, losing. Or, you know. Or, or, I mean, I mean, it's hard for me to describe it because I'm not a fan. Um, and probably maybe there's always more emotion. Maybe City fans can talk about that. But but it never felt like it. Always felt like it was. Um, you know, a roadblock, not a setback, not something that could you know break the team. It was almost something like, ah, it's just funny. It's happened. Oh, no, let's hope it happens again next year. So, I mean, there have been some downs, but more of the city's trajectory. You know, like when they got into Champions League in 2011, um, they won the title the very next season, right? It wasn't a case of, well, you know, they went down, they just went up. Then they won another title. When Pep Guardiola comes in, City are already a winning machine. They're not a mid-table club that has to be taken back up. It's a mid, it's a, yeah, okay, fine. They were having a couple of lean seasons by their by their um, standards, but they were still the best team in the league on paper. Um, pretty much since 2011, they've been the best team in the league. I think only one season, which was when Liverpool won the league, but probably they were the better team. Um, but otherwise, City have always been the best team in the league since 2011 on paper. They've not always won the league. They've always been the best team in the league um, on paper. Um, so, the trajectory has always been up. Um, they won a couple of league titles, they won a couple of cups before Pep came in. And Pep comes in and his job is only solely to bring the Champions League home. So, you know, that whole situation as it has manifested itself is always a logical conclusion. And when you have something like that, that doesn't make for a good emotion. That, that's my opinion, obviously, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But but I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons why people don't kind of look at it that way, there's not that respect. I mean, of course, the money is a big factor. I mean, uh, you cannot get away from the money fact, right? The fact is that City are where they are because Abu Dhabi has decided to spend money on, on, on that club. And they could have done that for any other club. They could have bought Tottenham Hotspur. They could have bought uh, West Ham. They could have bought Aston Villa. They could have bought any club. And they could have done the very same thing that they did uh, for Manchester City. So again, it's like the irreplaceable. It's a replaceable thing, right? Manchester City is just it's replaceable. It's not Manchester City, the club. Now I'm not blaming the fans here. Again, this is about the club and about the project, right? The project is what it is. And I say this knowing fully well that Manchester United could could be taken over by Qatar, um, and then we probably would have that same sort of journey. But the reality is that is that is what the first one was, and that is how it was for Manchester City. You can't get away from that. That they just took the they just took a club that they liked. They bought it and they said, right, we're going to spend money and we're going to make this club the best club in Europe 
um, with that money. We're gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna show that we can take a mid-table club and we can make it the best club in Europe. We're gonna show that we're gonna make this a project, right? It was never about right. This is a club that's that's a sleeping giant that's struggling. Let's buy it. Let's make it. Let's you know. Let's in. Let's um. Let's invest in it. Let's um. Let's you know. Let let's make it. Let's make it a club, right? Let's not 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 a business, not an experiment. Let's make it a football club that people can actually respect and be proud of. It was never about that, right? And and people can look at 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 that. And and yes, City have done a lot of great things with the club, and you know they're they're a model to follow on on a football in a footballing sense. They are a model to follow for everybody else. They are a model to follow. They have a fantastic academy. They have fantastic training facilities. Um, nothing could be done without spending, but they've used that money very, very well. I can't, you know, I, I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm going to say that openly that they've done that. But ultimately, there's no soul there because it's always so, it's, it all feels manufactured at artificial, like I said. And it feels artificial because, again, humans are not perfect, right? We're humans, we're not perfect. There's There's got to be gray. There's got to be great. If you're a hu if you're human, there's got to be great. There's got to be good. There's got to be bad. You've got to like someone. You've got to hate someone. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to hate it. You've got to be miserable about it. Miserable, miserable about it. Um, but with Manchester City, I don't hate them. I don't like them. I don't hate them. I just have no emotion because they're so artificial. Because everything is nice. Everything is doctored, right? Their players are nice. Their manager is nice. Everything is nice. You know, it's just nice, 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 nice. And when something is too nice, it doesn't feel real, right? When something is too evil, it doesn't it doesn't feel real either. But when something is too nice, it doesn't feel real either. And that's the thing, right? I mean, you look at, look at, look, there's all those two stories always positive. Oh, look, Arlen Haaland is so, you know, modest and so humble, such a, such a daddy's, daddy's kid, you know, he's, he's doing this for his dad. His dad is so happy all the time. Kevin De Bruyne is like this amazing human being who's always nice and always respectful and so humble. Pep Guardiola always is humble. He's always praising all of his opponent managers. I know it's fictitious and phony, but he does it anyway in the, in the, in the media. It's like, oh, look how good of a manager he is. So, so yeah, when he, somebody who's always just so nice, nice, nice. It feels artificial. It feels manufactured, and that's that's. I think that's just my opinion. Um, but anyway, let's get to the final part. I think I've ranted out there a little bit, but I mean, why is this is a bad? Is this a good? Is why is this a bad thing in my opinion? I mean, one of the things that I would say is that City have won three league titles in a row, um, and they've dominated. Right? It's not like they, you know, it's not like Manchester United when they did three peats. They were actually in very very close competition with Chelsea, with Liverpool. I think before that with Arsenal, Leeds. Um, they were all kind of they were, they were tough battles. Um, they were not easy walkovers. They were tough battles. This one was just easy walkovers, right? It was literally at the start of the season. You were like, "City are going to maybe the first one, not maybe the first one was was but they won it easily, but nobody, nobody, probably nobody anticipated them to win it, but they won it easily. But the other two, we've said, "City are going to win the title," and they've gone and won the title. So it's like it's like you know, you already before the season starts, you know they're going to win it. It's the same next year. Next year, I think City are going to win it again. Um, maybe Liverpool might challenge them with all the money that they're spending on midfielders and 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 defenders, but ultimately I think City will still win it. So when you and they probably will, but when you can predict at the start of the season that the team is going to win it, and at the end they win it, and they win it in such convincing fashion, that's not a good sign for the league. That's not a good sign for the health of the league. And the Premier League will spin it around. They'll spin it. Oh, this is a competitive league. Look at the battle for fourth place. Look at the battle for sixth and seventh. Look at the battle for relegation. Nobody gives a shit about that. I mean that, that 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 I mean you know look at La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga. They all have tough battles for fourth and relegation. I mean it's, uh, La Liga had a, had a relegation battle that would put the Premier League relegation battle to shame. Uh, this season, by the way, if anybody is following that, Serie A had a battle for fourth that was unlike anything that the Premier League could ever produce. Um, until Juventus got those points deducted, it was actually a very very tight race. So those leagues have those battles. What makes Prem the Premier League unique among all the other leagues? What makes it what makes it tick? is the fact that they produce title battles, that they've got more than two teams that can actually win a title. Um, you know, or they used to have that. Now they don't have that. Now it's just one team. 
And what is going to happen next season? Now, three-peats have been done before, so this is not new territory. But if a four in a row happens, that's new territory. And for me, that's League One territory. I feel that Premier League will go into League One territory if Manchester City win the title again next season. Um, they The Premier League needs... An, uh, and this is, again, this is not Manchester City fans' fault. This is not Manchester City, the club's fault either. You know, they're just taking advantage of the rules that have allowed them to do all of this because, you know, the Premier League was short-sighted. They wanted the money. They took the money. Um, and I don't think they think there's a problem. I don't think they think there's a problem. I don't. And probably they don't have a problem next season. What will happen is it, there will be a problem in the future when TV rights have been negotiated and all of that. There's not going to be a problem next year because next year is going to be fine. But if the Premier League is smart, they'll realize that there is a problem. Um, and the problem is that once you start, once you go to four, that's League One territory. Um, and, 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 you know, then slowly that, that goes on. And honestly, I just don't see how Manchester City can be caught. And that's a whole story about how they can be caught and all that. I can talk about step separately, but I don't want to go into that. But the question is, the reality is right now, I don't know what it will take to catch Manchester City. Um, I mean, I know what it will take, but I don't know if any club has the will to be, to be able to do what it takes to catch Manchester City. And that is a problem for the league because if you are not going to be able to sell your league as, as a competitive league, as a competitive title battling league, then what is left for the Premier League? So, um, and and then and and that goes and extends to Europe as well because the financial advantages that the Premier League has over the rest of the clubs is, is huge. And now that City have finally got over that mental hurdle, um, which I always said was the thing, it was all here. You know, City not winning the Champions League was all here. It was never about quality. It was never about, um, uh, you know, it was never about uh, uh, money. It was always about mental, and they've got over that block. So now they can win more. I mean, Pep Guardiola is always talking, already talking about you know overtaking Real Madrid. I mean, it's going to take them two decades, but he's already talking about it. So. I mean, that should worry people as well. I mean, they could do it within two decades. To be perfectly honest, they could. Um, you know, they could within two decades they could overtake Real Madrid's uh, tally of, of 14, unless Real Madrid win a couple more. But um, if they don't, and the likelihood is that Real Madrid are in a rebuild as well, they're probably going to take a couple, two or three years to rebuild as well. Um, Real Madrid City could probably win a, a, win a one or two more in that time. So it could happen within two decades. I don't think it will. It could. I don't think it will. I think it's too early to say that. But but that's the mentality that's that's been talked about, and um, that is a worry for everyone because uh, um, how do you stop them? Does any club have the will to stop them? And what the other side of it, which I will end this conversation on, is what look at what it is doing to the Premier League and to the rest of of, of the leagues as well. I mean, Newcastle have been taken over by Saudi Arabia. Um, Qatar will take over a Premier League club in the next one year. I feel whether that's Manchester United, if it's not Manchester United, it will be some other club. They'll take over some club. Um, they're not going to sit quietly, and they, they're going to do. They're going to do something. They want to take Manchester United over because that's prestige. But if they can't, they will go for another Premier League club, or maybe they will go to the EFL or something, buy a club there, and then you know build them and, and bring them up. They could do that as well. But they're going to they're going to own a club in England as well. And what is happening now is um, there's a man who's worth 15 billion pounds. Was too poor to own a Premier League title challenging club. That's Sir Jim Ratcliffe. I mean, Sir Jim, I mean, this is this is the the absurd thing, right? That where there's a multi-billionaire who's too poor to own a to own a, a club in the Premier League to be able to challenge for the title. Um, and, and that's where we're headed. We're headed now into the era of super wealth, where if you want to win titles, you need to have a super wealthy owner. You can't not have a super wealthy owner if you want to title for for if you want to challenge for titles. And that's that's the ship that is happening in the Premier League. I mean, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, how long is it before maybe Dubai want to get involved? Um, how long is it before, you know, somebody else wants to get maybe Maybe Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos might fancy themselves as wanting to buy a Premier League club. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And that's the way the direction that football is headed. It's not a great, it's a depressing. I mean, I'm a United fan, but it's, it's a depressing thought um, in some ways when I think about the fact that, um, you know, in order to, for my club to be successful, we need to get 
Qatar in. And I'm all, and I you know what, and I, I'm, I'm, I can say it right here, I don't want Sergio Markiv to own the club. I think Qatar are the, are the best choice in terms of ownership for the club. Um, and I, when I want that, but it's, it's a depressing thought um, that I, that that's something that we have now accepted, right? That we've accepted that this is the way that football has to go. If United are to win titles, we need Qatari ownership, right? Or we need multi-billionaire ownership, not Qatari, but just multi-billionaire ownership, right? That we need some, not just super wealth, we need super wealth, not even multi-billionaire, we need super wealth ownership, right? Um, now what does that mean for football? I mean, you know, do the... What, what does that mean for teams in other leagues? Uh, you know, who, who probably don't. I mean, Germany doesn't will probably never have those rules to allow those kind of ownership. So what happens to those clubs? Uh, Spain's two big clubs will never have ownership like that. So what will happen to them? Um, Serie A probably is the same situation as well. So um, it's difficult to. I mean, and that's a question for the European wider you know football to think about. In the Premier League, of course, the Premier League doesn't care. Uh, they'll just sell their soul to whoever they want. Um. But it's just it's interesting, isn't it? When think about it, that that's where football has now headed, where um, fans of clubs like myself, where we all like, well, you know, imagine being owned by a super wealthy person whose only aim is to, you know, is to artificially prop up a club. Now we're we're saying, well, that's the kind of owner we want as well. So anyway, I'll leave that thought with you. Um, again, it's a little I, I can understand that you know, it was a little bit over the place, but I, I think it's interesting that you know when you think about the fact that. Um, and this is something that's important as well, that there is not, you know, when something's not trending or something's not getting the attention that it deserves. Because winning the Champions League is a momentous occasion. For any club, it's a momentous achievement um, and it should be celebrated and rightly so and it should be enjoyed and people should be talking about it. And then people are not talking about it, right? And to add to that fact that it was, it was done as part of a treble, right? Which is, again, something that doesn't happen too often. It's been happening quite often, by the way, this decade. I think this is, what, the fourth one in the last 10 years? Four treble in the last 10 years. Um, it's just incredible. Um, I think fifth since in the last 14, five trebles in the last four in the last 14 years, which is it is it's no longer that special, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But of course, only the second Premier League treble. So that still makes it special, though. Um, it is it is quite special for, from a Premier League perspective, um, to do a treble. And yet there's no not much talk about it, is is a very interesting phenomenon that I thought so I want to talk about it. But uh, um, anyway, let me know your thoughts, of course, on this. Do smash like if you enjoyed this video um, and do share your thoughts and comments on what you think, you know, could be the reason why that's happening. You know, this part I said, this could be positive reasons. There could be negative reasons. Always love to hear from you guys. Do subscribe to our channel on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We always appreciate your support. Do follow us. Um, we'll be back again with more videos, uh, you know, as, as as things develop. up. And it's a transfer season. So we just keep doing transfer windows most of the transfer um, news most of the time. But we'll try to do things like this as well. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you again soon. Good night. Bye-bye.